0: uh can't do oh my god my brain welcome to stargazing a stargate gazing podcast i'm your host kathy
1: and i'm your other host mary
0: and each week we discuss an episode of stargate beginning with stargate sg1 hello Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Why are you a mollusk today? Because every time I think of the name mollum, I want to call him mollusk. (laughs) That's fair. Very
1: fair. Don't know why, but (laughs) I like it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Thanks. That's fantastic.
0: what's new is there anything new i got a new vacuum but i did mention that yeah yes my mom's friend sent me it as a housewarming gift that's nice of her it was a fancier vacuum than i would have ever purchased for myself (laughs) so i appreciate it that's very kind she also offered to fly out and help with the condo and i was like that's
1: all right you don't need to do that (laughs) Must have been Marianne. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure was. A very delightful and generous woman. Yes. <laughs> yep. What's new with you? Not much. Yeah. Not really. Ooh, classes are done. That's exciting. Yes! My summer class is officially done. I submitted my final grades on Friday. Today is Sunday. Awesome. That was Friday. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Going on vacation with Jeff, we were going to go camping, but it's supposed to rain for the next four days, so we're not going to go camping. <laughs> be one thing if it was going to rain like one day, but if it's supposed to rain all the days that we're scheduled to be away, that's not any fun, no. so we're going to just do an Airbnb instead.
0: Yay! Yeah. That'll be fun, though. It will. Yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah, yeah. And that's about it. Awesome. I don't have much else to talk about today. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm like, nah. oh, what did you uh, crack open there? Seltzer? Oh, it's just, yeah, just a plain seltzer. Nice. With nothing fancy about it. Just a plain old seltzer. It's still, eh. Yeah. I mean, I've had beer this early in the morning. It's, <laughs> But for me, for today, it's too yeah, early for me for beer. That's fair. Are you drinking anything interesting? I'm just drinking flavored water out of a
0: vodka bottle because I'm a nice. monster. I like it though.
1: Uh, It's a glass
0: bottle. I was like, well, I could throw this away or I could like, it's a decent size so I can just drink water out of it. Yeah. Reuse the glass instead of just tossing it. Yeah. So, which I had the vodka bottle because at one point I bought olives and obviously I had to make martinis because you can't buy olives and not make martinis.
1: So I was doing that for a while. I would never buy olives or make martinis. So. <laughs> you just don't understand. That's my take on that scenario. <laughs> You're wrong about olives. Uh-huh. They're wonderful. Uh, I think not. They are disgusting and vile. Especially when they're and stuffed with garlic. Oh, so, so good. I mean, I like garlic, but no. <laughs> no. Thank you. Yeah. Hard pass. Hard pass on that. <laughs> anyway. They do some... Martini drinking no. or some kind of drinking in their wait, wait.
0: meal? They do a hard pass on something in this episode too. They do? Yeah, they do a hard oh. pass on the whole scenario.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of there we go. <laughs> Segway ish. Segway S? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. <laughs> we tried. We'll continue to try and fail at the whole scenario. <laughs> So, what are we talking about today? Uh, maybe I'll think about it next time instead of just being like. <laughs> yeah, be, same. Yeah, I never think about it in advance. Maybe I should. But yeah.
0: today we're talking about Stargate
1: SG 1 season 4, episode
0: 16, 2010.
1: Ooh, which was the far
0: flung future. Yes, or the long
1: past at this point. <laughs> or what, like 12 yes. years ago? Yeah god yes this would be 2022 so that would be yeah. 12 years ago. i don't know dates
0: <laughs> dates are hard They are words are hard dates time are hard. is what is time i don't know <laughs> time is whatever we want it to be <laughs> indeed uh we're somewhere <laughs> yes i think it, eventually we find out we're in dc right? This is where they are. Yeah,
1: I would guess that it's meant to be DC. I was wondering what airport this actually was that they were filming at. I would guess Vancouver, but yeah, it was clearly an airport. Right. Oh, yeah, it definitely had that feel of it. And yeah, but not supposed to be an airport. Yes. Though. <laughs> but airport like <laughs> in its function, yes.
0: there's a guy sitting at a table reading a newspaper. There's a very obvious headline that we are meant to read. That the Ashen Promise anti-aging vaccine worldwide. We all know how well that would go over. And the dude is, I recognized him because I watched a lot of One Life to Live when I was a kid. (laughs) Or my teens anyway. And he played a con artist named Kane Rogan. Who I don't think was on very long, but I was like, he's cute. So I remember him.
1: Fair. Yeah, Never watched that show. I mean, I don't have. It's a soap opera. You, (laughs) the only one that you ever got me into was General Hospital. (laughs) You and our friends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a lot of soap operas when I was young. Oddly enough, sometimes when I'm in the tap room, General Hospital is still on, and it totally creeps me out that there's a lot of the same actors in it that look exactly the same as they did when we were in high school, which was quite a long time ago now. Disturbing. It is. I don't really know how it's possible, but. Maybe they have this anti-aging vaccine. Maybe,
0: And Sam comes to the table and joins him. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's okay. And he's like, I know how busy you are. It's totally fine. And it's a nice day to wait. And wait. (laughs) He already ate before she got there. It's pretty clear immediately that they are involved in some way. And then we find out even more so that they have been trying for a baby and they keep failing at it, which sucks for them. Mm -hmm. Sam goes on to elaborate that they said it isn't us and we just have to keep trying. And apparently they've been trying for a while because he says something about them working on their second child by now, so... They've been trying to have a baby for a while. They've been together for a while, and she's gonna then walk him to a terminal because he's got somewhere to be.
1: Did you notice what the server was wearing? Um, when she came to the table, something white and black. It was all white, but it looked like a wedding dress to me, which I thought was very strange because it was all white. It was white on top with a white skirt, but the skirt was like kind of ruched on the side, okay. like a fancy huh. wedding dress might be. So that interesting. Was weird.
0: I didn't notice yeah. hers, but for sure I was paying attention to people's clothing in this episode because yes, they lot. were they were very in like okay. So we have these aliens, the yeah. Ashen, who all dress in a certain way, and the humans of Earth have obviously been influenced in their style by the way the Ashen dress, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's very obvious in this next scene everybody that they show walking around is either wearing a black suit or a gray suit. Even Sam herself is just wearing a gray suit, although hers has a skirt on it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's so. just very yeah.
0: monochromatic. Yes. Except for Jack, who I do notice wears baggy jeans
1: later. Thank you for pointing he that does. out. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, right? They're super baggy, and even his flannel shirt that he's wearing it's is really also big. actually pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> So unless you are waiting tables at a restaurant or Jack, then you have to wear black and white. And if you're waiting tables, you can wear wedding attire. And if you're Jack, you can wear clothes that are too big for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is the distant future of this timeline. Yep. Yep. Yeah. His name is Joe.
0: Sam accompanies Joe to the airport, but it's not actually an airport in this case. It's a Stargate port. The Stargate is out in the open. Holy Hannah! You can hear it dialing in the background as they're walking and talking, and then we see it. They are. They continue their conversation about having a child. Sam brings up the Ashen are hundreds of years more advanced in medicine than they are, so they have been blessed with the advanced knowledge of some alien race. We can infer. Yes. Joe's headed off on some journey through the gate.
1: Diplomatic mission. Yeah, diplomatic mission. Diplomat. There we yeah. go.
0: But he will be back by tomorrow because there's an anniversary ceremony. Ooh. Yeah. They part
1: ways. That's when we see the whole Stargate there. Boom. Yep. And credits.
0: Credit. Oh.
1: After the credits. There's an announcement that the president is going to be speaking, and a screen comes down out of the ceiling. And holy crap, it's Kinsey! Who would have seen that coming? <laughs> Way to go, Jack! Yep, good times. I thought it was really such a bizarre take, though, that instead of being seated in the Oval Office or the press room, he was just seated in this big wingback chair in front of a fireplace. <laughs>
0: So, you know, he's bringing back the feel of the fireside chats of FDR, maybe. I don't know. Ah, fair. I don't that. know. I, but... <laughs> I guess so. I don't know if FDR really was by a fireside during those chats. Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> I just remember the name. Anyway.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Anyway, we learn a little bit more about the situation now. They are celebrating the 10-year anniversary. A team code named SG-1 was working on a secret, and they came upon an alien race called the Ashen. And apparently that just changed everything and made everything better. And that's it. That's the story. The end. (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? It was especially funny to me that he took out Jack's mission report from their first contact of that mission and did what was pretty much a dramatic reading of it. (laughs) Yeah, of a very neutral assessment Yeah, but well, I mean, you know how Jack would have said it if he was speaking it out loud. And it's just so different from Kinsey's dramatic delivery of it. true. And I thought it was very funny, especially (laughs) because the end he's like, the Ashen could save our asses. And like, I can hear Jack saying something like that. But the way Kinsey said it just, again, just bizarre. And then he adds, well, guess what, Jack? They did. (laughs) And everybody claps and claps. Kinsey goes on to talk about how membership in their Ashen Confederation guarantees security and health and a future for every human being on God's Earth. He really loves God. It made me wonder too, though, what does he think of other planets? Are all planets God's planets? Or is it just our planet? Is the Ashen's homeworld God's Ashen homeworld to his mind? Or... Or does God only care about this planet? I don't know. We don't get those answers. We don't get
0: the answers, but I feel like given how Kinsey is portrayed, he probably thinks this planet's special. And America's the specialist of the special. True.
1: I don't know where he would get that attitude, but... (laughs) I can't imagine it. That's for sure the impression that he gives, yeah. In the crowd, we see Sam, Daniel, and Tilk. They're asked to step forward, and they are all presented with medals. Jack, notably, is not there. And I was just wondering how much, if this were a real scenario, how much Kinsey must have hated this when he's awarding them and telling them how brave they are and what heroes they were and saying that, God bless you all. He must have just hated that given how much we know that he hated (laughs) SG-1 and the SGC. But maybe he had a legitimate change of heart as a result of all of these good things that the Ashen supposedly did. So who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows? Afterwards, there's a reception. Sam and Daniel Tilk Joe uh,
1: are joined by Dr. Frazier. See, even though I just watched this episode, when I hear the name Joe in a Stargate capacity, I just keep thinking of Joe's character from Atlantis. <laughs> and that's who I am picturing. Joe's character from Atlantis. It's like the main guy. What's his name? Oh, Joe Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. I was like, it's got something Irish because I liked it because I'm Irish. But yeah, Joe Flanagan. Right, right. That's who I'm picturing, (laughs) even though I just watched the episode and no, it's not him. I can just start calling
0: him (laughs) Kane Rogan if that will
1: help. (laughs) That's quite all right, because I have no idea who you're talking about. It's fine. I'll deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They are having a toast to General Hammond, who unfortunately we find out died six years ago. That made me yeah, sad. Yeah, me too. Daniel then says, well, where's Jack? Because I thought he'd be here. And looks like, well, Jack has made his feelings clear concerning the Ashen Alliance. So we hear that Jack is not a fan. Yeah. Dr. Fraser chimes in that she almost didn't come herself because she explains to Daniel his job wasn't made obsolete by this alliance. <laughs> and she's going to elaborate further, but then Mollusk comes, Mollum, Mollum comes up. I, I like Mollusk yeah. better. <laughs> we haven't met him yet, have we? No.
1: no. This is where he's introduced. Okay, so
0: we, we are introduced to, his name is Mollum. I might call him Mollusk. I really want to. I I for sure will call okay. him Mollusk. So. <laughs> he comes up to say hi, and he is going to pull Joe away, Ambassador Joe, because he needs them to talk to the Ashen delegation needs him to ambass, ambass exactly <laughs> so joe's gonna ambass and malam goes too then they make plans to have dinner the rest of them they convince tilk to stay for dinner i think yeah mm-hmm. which is very important yeah yeah daniel and tilk leave sam asks Dr. Fraser to now elaborate on her not really having a career anymore. She explains that they've got an anti-aging vaccine, an anti-cancer vaccine, and apparently they can reverse tissue damage and
1: men broken bones. So Fraser's like, what what would my job be really? right? And again, we all know that nobody would be taking well, not nobody, but there would be a lot of people not just accepting these vaccines. Yeah, yeah. So, Frazier, you still would for sure have a job. Yes. Although a lot of those people that don't trust vaccines are not going to be going to doctors That's either. That's so true. Never... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What the hell, Dr. Frazier? Are you an anti-vaxxer of some kind? Right?
1: No. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> Sam's like, okay, I see your point. She says that she even feels like a lab assistant because she doesn't really understand sometimes the science that they're talking about. But Frazier's like, you're still doing stuff. Doctor Fraser changes the subject, asks about their trying to have a baby. Sam says that what? the the Ashen are telling them it's not them; they just have to keep trying. Because, but Fraser's like, "How about I check you out? I have an office here, even though I don't have anything to do." And since Sam says it's been almost three years they've been trying, she's like, "Hmm, yes, let's do that." Yeah. Sam's like, okay, when can we do this? And the answer to that is immediately, because they are still Apparently. wearing the same clothes. So this is a long day for them, I figured out. Because I thought it was a couple days, and then I'm like, no, this is still the same no. day.
1: Yeah, it's the same day. And I do have a question. How long did it take you to notice that Tilk no longer had a tattoo? Because it took me way longer to notice it than it should have.
0: I didn't notice at all.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, so it took you even longer than it took Holy me. Holy crap. It took me a couple scenes. Wow. I didn't notice. <laughs> like, no tattoo at all? No tattoo, no scar. Wow. Because I bet the Ashen were able to mend his tissue. Right, exactly. Uh, they were able to repair tissue damage, yeah. so it makes sense that they could remove it without a wow. scar. Wow. All right. Yep. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> The next scene is in Frasier's office, and I was wondering why she even had an office if, as she said, her job is now obsolete. She had a huge fancy office for somebody who doesn't have a job. Maybe this was just her living room, and she made it look like an office (laughs) because she missed her office. I don't know. Maybe they were just humoring her. I don't know. She was wearing a lab coat, too, so maybe she just wears a lab coat around (laughs) (laughs) town. Just for, for the nostalgia factor. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. In any case, she's done some imaging on Sam and shows some sort of a diagnostic imaging test. She doesn't say what it is, but looks kind of x-ray-like. And the conclusion is that Sam's ovaries have been completely destroyed. That's generally bad. She's not going to have kids ever. I was wondering how it would be possible to have this level of destruction that they were indicating without Sam noticing? Yeah. Like... She should have been in intense pain, and her cycle would not have been normal <laughs> anymore, but... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, anyway. We don't get details on this at all. We don't. No. So Sam is angry because the Shen doctors for sure would have noticed this level of damage, though. Apparently, they lied straight to her face, and she wants to know why. Frazier has no suggestions as to why, but she is for sure willing to help Sam find out. Later on, in some lab somewhere, Mollusk is there doing some work. Sam comes in. Apparently she has shown up late. Mollusk wants to know if everything's okay. She kind of just mumbles, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. They're working on some big project that involves converting a planet into a star
0: for... Yeah. Reasons?
1: <laughs> I don't really know why. They don't elaborate. Hey now, you're an Mollusk is on, going on about how impressed she should be that they are now able to do this. Have your people even considered the viability of this? And again, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> he has someplace else to go. He leaves Sam alone to do some work on this by herself. She asks if she can have some access to the Ishan database. And Mollusk is a little skeptical, but he gives in eventually. And I was just thinking to myself here that if they're trying to not make it super obvious that the Ashen are really bad, then they did a really (laughs) poor job of casting this smarmy guy. True, true. (laughs) Because he was super skeevy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Samantha, why do I let you talk me into this? (laughs) Just creepy. (laughs) (laughs) So he gives her access and then leaves. Frasier comes in. She's gotten in the building somehow.
0: Yeah, I would have thought there would be security. Maybe Sam snuck her in. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they're in the database. Frasier suggests that maybe we try searching medical records first. That's a brilliant suggestion, Dr. (laughs) Frazier. They don't find anything there, though. So instead, they search for reproductive statistics. And uh uh-oh. It turns out that there has been a 90% reduction in childbirths in the last two years. Yikes. So, Yeah, and that's worldwide. That's pretty bad. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. They notice that it seems to correlate with where the anti-aging vaccine has gone. I would like to point out that correlation is not causation, but that is the conclusion that they go with in this episode. So here we are. They have discovered that the Ashen are intentionally making humans sterile presumably with the intent of just wiping out everybody once their anti-aging vaccine wears off and we have nobody to replace anybody yikes but now it's It's dinner dinner. time Sam and
0: Dr. Fraser have filled in Daniel and Tilk on their happenings, their findings. And Daniel's like, "Well, wouldn't the public know about this? Because that's a huge thing." Yes, a very good point. Sam goes full conspiracy theorist though, and is like, "If the, the Ashen can convert planets into stars, don't you think they can control the media if they want?" So, which it could be true, but like that just like right. went straight into like.
1: Yeah, you would think that somebody would have noticed that, like, hey, I haven't seen a baby in a few years.
0: Yeah, like, even if news reports,
1: like, people talk to each other, like... Right, yeah, exactly. Like, anecdotally, you would think that they would notice, you know what? There's no kids in this town. No new kids, anyway.
0: Maybe they couldn't conceive of this in 2000, how much social media would be a thing. Yeah, I I don't know. But maybe the Ashen control that, too.
1: Anyway... (laughs)
0: Sam is telling them about the demise of the human species that is coming slowly.
1: Yay. Yay.
0: Daniel asks, why then give the anti-aging vaccine? And Dr. Fraser's like, maybe that's how they sterilized everyone? Teal's like, yes. And then in 200 years, the Ashen would have this planet to themselves.
1: For the record, I would like to say that vaccines do not sterilize people. <laughs> yes. I know that this is sci-fi, but... That is a pet peeve I have because of how many people believe that the COVID vaccine causes sterility, and it for sure does Does not. not. Nope. The fertility rates for people who have had the vaccine are the same as the fertility rates for people who have not had the vaccine, and pregnant women have been getting it and not losing their babies. Pregnant people, I should say. Yeah. So therefore, doesn't cause sterility. Daniel's like, we gotta tell somebody,
0: and Dr. Frazier's like, whoa, hold on, let me tell you this story about how General Hammond had a Howard attack, and he had been trying to tell me something very important, but died the next day, even though he was perfectly healthy. Now I think it's murder. That's not great. Nope. (laughs) Daniel's like, okay, we can't tell anyone. Sam says she's gotta tell Joe. Daniel advises Mm -hmm. against this, and says, well, with, what if he tells the president and the president tells the world, what are we going to do? Dr. Frazier's like, fight back and Teal'c's like, yeah, but they shouldn't beat the gold. They're going to lose. right? But they need to come up with another plan. I found it interesting, this fun fact, when Daniel was going through a list of former allies, when he asked yeah. about the Jaffa, Teal'c says few remain loyal to the Tauri since the war's end and says there are few symbiotes available for implantation. So does that mean that The Jaffa are also now dying off?
1: I was wondering that too. Yeah, I don't know. And is that why they're mad about or They don't want to be the Tauri's friends anymore? Right. And I was actually wondering what Teal'c's motivation, if his people were no longer enslaved by the Gua'uld, because the Gua'uld didn't exist, what would his motivation be to help the humans... When he'd be kind of screwing over his own people. But yeah, maybe that is the issue, that there aren't enough symbiotes and his people are dying too. Teal'c's also
0: just pretty damn loyal. Also them. So they're like, oh god, what have we done? Daniel's like, I wish we could take it all back.
1: I made a huge tiny mistake. A server comes over to drop off their check. This server is not wearing a wedding dress, (laughs) but is instead wearing a weird white tuxedo onesie. (laughs) So... Still consistent with wedding attire, but I did think the fact that the tuxedo was a onesie was (laughs) an interesting choice.
0: (laughs) So I was only semi-observant in this episode because I did not observe the servers and I did not observe Tilk's head. but... (laughs) (laughs) But this gives Sam a moment to be like, maybe we can take it back. And then she brings up the time that General Hammond sent a note back with them. And the solar flare thing, which she talks about, she elaborates, like, did Dr. Fraser not know about this? Was it a secret? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know, but... Maybe she didn't. You know, maybe for anybody who, you know, couldn't remember a few years ago, she she brings us all up to speed.
1: Yeah, they were sent back to 1969, nice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Sam's like, we could do the same thing again, because... Conveniently, the Ashen are so advanced, they can predict solar flares. Whoa! Convenient. And so they're going to attempt to send themselves a note through time to stop this from ever happening
1: and save everyone. That sure is the plan. But to do this, they're going to need Jack's help. Sam tracks him down. He lives at his cabin now. And he is not happy to see her. This is where we do find him dressed in giant jeans and a giant flannel shirt. And he's scruffy. And he's quite scruffy. Yeah. He is not clean shaven. I like scruffy Jack. It's a good look for him. I agree. Yeah. I do agree. Don't like the clothes, but do like the scruff. Also, Sam's wearing a bathrobe. (laughs) Yeah, she was. It was weird. She had on a normal shirt and pants, but then did seem to have what looked like a bathrobe <laughs> on over that. <laughs> yep. She tells Jack that, uh oh, things are bad. Maybe the Ashen are not the great people that we thought they were. And Jack's like, no shit. Who <laughs> could have seen that coming? Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> He is pissed that Sam is there. He doesn't want to be talking to her because she, from his perspective, turned her back on him, as did everybody else, because he warned everybody that this alliance was not going to work and that it was sketchy and that we shouldn't do it. And everyone ignored him. He quit the SGC. He's living here in the middle of nowhere. And you know what? He likes his life right now on this pond with no fish in it not having to save the world where his biggest problem is wondering about whether or not he should get a dog and why is that even a question of Of course course he should should have have a dog dog. yes agreed yeah right the takeaway of their fairly lengthy conversation though is that his conscience is clear he sees no need to help sam with her desire to go back in time and prevent the meeting of the ashen because he likes things how they are but she does point out we're talking about the future of the entire human race, not just SG-1 or our country, but everybody. Jack tells her, all right, well, go complain to your beloved ambassador and have him help you with it. Oh, so bitter. So bitter. But Sam admits she hasn't talked to him about that just yet. Yeah. That
0: is that scene. Yeah. Sam goes back to the airport. <laughs> I, don't... <laughs> I mean again clearly
1: an airport yeah
0: so it looks like they don't have to airplane anywhere anymore she transported right. huh yeah that's fun right yeah no rings though no. you know get the fun
1: ju-ju-ju no. noise yeah
0: yeah she reports that jack is not going to help them but we can still do this daniel has discovered they need a gdo to do their plan and he's discovered yep. there's only one original one left, and it's at the SGC. So they're going to head there. She does suggest that Tilki should go back to Chulak so as not to arouse suspicions. And she will get in touch with him when they're ready. And he will also be ready for that.
1: In the SGC, we learn that they've turned it into a museum. Yeah. Sam and Daniel join a tour group. The tour guide is very insufferable. And I thought it was weird that she was just wearing a name tag that said tour guide. (laughs) SGC guides on the top and then just
0: tour guide where
1: the name would go. So that's fun. She asks if they know what is on level 28, which is where they have just arrived. And an excited kid says the gate room and the guide says, no, you're very, very close. The Kid looks angry. And Daniel is like, no, the kid's actually right. So she will actually is them and tells them it is the air quotation marks embarkation room, because Because that was where the the SG teams, again, air quotes embarked Embarked from. (laughs) Yeah, she was pretty insufferable. They continue walking. She brings them to a wall that's got like a bunch of photos and stuff. And she points out that, look, it's the SG-1 team in this photo, although they're not my personal favorite team. And how did nobody recognize Sam and Daniel here? Because Daniel was wearing a fedora and they were both wearing sunglasses. They couldn't have possibly stood out more based on this fact. (laughs) Yes, the SGC is not a bright place. Yeah, Exactly. There were 28 levels underground. Why would they be wearing sunglasses? So yeah, they were really making themselves stand out and yet nobody happened to notice you know, them. An kind of An iced coffee happened. Yay. Oh, jealous.
0: Open the iris.
1: Vanilla cream cold brew, you're the best. Thank you. Jeff, where's mine? Kathy wants hers. I'll
0: be there in half an hour.
1: Yes! <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, everybody should have recognized them, but they didn't. And also, I was annoyed that the guide never actually bothered to tell us who her favorite SG team was. Because now I really want to know who it was. Me too. Right? Yeah. But they continue on. They go down to the gate room. This is not the real gate anymore. They only have a replica of the gate. And people are going up and taking photos. She says the real gate is in Washington at the J.R. Reed Space Terminal. So I guess that's the one that they've been using to go around the planet at the airport she takes her leave daniel and sam talk about how ridiculous this whole thing is and by ridiculous daniel was actually referring to the fact that they weren't her favorite sg team not (laughs) to the fact that they've made this a tourist attraction (laughs) and then we see jack walk by not wearing his sunglasses but he puts them on (laughs) here (laughs) which also made no sense He's also wearing a hat and he's all, he is wearing a hat. Yeah. So, you know, inc- incognito in <laughs> that he's wearing a hat and he shaved. Uh, he, he did shave. <laughs> yes. It's just a bizarre, yeah. bizarre scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they managed to slip away to the conference room, which is not used and not part of the tour. Things are covered in cloths and they meet Jack, who's already there doodling on something he doodles he's a doodler does doodle yeah he s- tells them he's still thinking about helping them but <laughs> you know clearly he's decided to yeah, he wouldn't be exactly there. he's picked up some zats along the way and he has a gdo but unfortunately it turns out the one they thought was real is a replica wah, wah. yep but then walter comes in <laughs> He doesn't immediately recognize them and tells them they're not supposed to be here. But then he does. He lets them know he works there. He's the operations tech advisor. I feel like he's not doing a good job with the tour guides. Right. If he's in charge of them at all. Because he would know it's not the embarkation room. Air quotes. Anyway. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, what are you guys doing here? And where did you get those? (laughs) <laughs> pointing to the Zats. <laughs> and Jack casually is like, Armory, we're taking them. <laughs> Walter's not on board with this, but they convince him eventually. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, Daniel, <laughs> he also reveals that the GDO is in the Oval Office on the president's desk. Cool. We love Kinsey. That's inconvenient. Yes. And then he's still not quite on board, and Jack's like, uh, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> so Walter finally gets a name. We finally, get his yes. name canonically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Walter doesn't nod when
1: Jack says right. that. Over four and a half yeah. seasons in. <laughs> For a character who's been on pretty much since the (laughs) beginning, he only now gets a name. (laughs) Poor Walter. Yeah.
0: Walter. Using his first name and then telling him they'll have their stuff back by Thursday apparently is enough to convince him that it'll be fine. Walter leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Then the team gets down to talking about how to get the... GDO out of the Oval Office. Jack is not going to be able to help with that (laughs) because Kinsey apparently kicked him out. Shocking. Yeah. Sam, though, thinks she
1: will be able to get it using Ambassador Joe. Why did Jack even ask if they could do it without the GDO? Obviously they couldn't. Yeah. Because any message that they tried to send to the past would just hit the iris without it. So he should have known that they can't do this without it. Can they
0: not send signals through the iris like to talk? I don't know. I don't think oh, so. Okay.
1: They always show the iris being open whenever they're talking on the radio. Gotcha. Fair.
0: Sam's going to loop Joe into all this. Yeah. In a different bathrobe
1: than the one she was wearing before. <laughs> yes, now she's in a black bathroom. <laughs> and she's laying in her bed, just waiting for Joe to get there. Apparently he talked to Mollusk earlier that day and found out that she left the lab early, so he's concerned with how she's feeling. He just chalks it up to her being depressed about still not having a kid, and says that they can keep trying. But she says, nope, no, we can't. Nobody can. And Joe asks what she's talking about. But then that scene ends.
0: Want to (laughs) continue?
1: I guess. You don't have to. (laughs) I will. Okay. Daniel, Frazier, and Jack are sitting around at a table at yet another restaurant. And they are all writing notes that they're going to try to get through the gate. Just in case one of them fails, hopefully at least somebody will be able to get their note through. Jack wants to mention who won the Super Bowl in 2004, at least, or the World Series or something. Grey Cup, maybe. But Daniel negates all of those, unfortunately. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? He emphasizes the importance, though, of making sure that they write their notes in their own handwriting so that their past selves will be able to recognize it. What if their handwriting has changed over 10 years? I can't say my handwriting is the same now as it was, like...
0: 10 yeah, years ago.
1: I don't know. Mm. It can change a lot. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that is the
0: plan. Meanwhile, Sam has dropped the bombshell on Joe. He is a little disbelieving. She's like, it's not just about me. And that she was able to find out the birth rate has been cut over 90%. And then Joe goes, oh my
1: God, it was supposed to be a third of that. Oops. Yeah. She was incensed that Daniel might be implying he was in on it earlier, but but, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Turns out he was. Yeah, he knew about it. She's pretty
0: damn upset about it, as she should be. Yeah, understandable. He explains the Ashen insisted that they do this because their population was just too much. And they weren't going to help
1: if they didn't agree. Right. Can you imagine what they would think of our population now? (laughs) I actually checked. It was 6.1 billion back in 2000 or so, around when this was going to be filmed. And right now we are approaching 8 billion, which it is estimated we will arrive at in November. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Yeah. That is, according to you, the World Health Organization, if anyone's wondering. Thank you. I was wondering. (laughs) Nope. I lied. It was the United Nations. I don't know where I get my data from. Eh. I just thought I'd report it.
0: One of those global organizations that you can't trust because they're run by (laughs) lizard people or something.
1: Exactly. (laughs) The United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs. And shape-shifting lizard people. Gave me that data. It was actually very interesting. I skimmed through the report. and It fell down a rabbit hole of (laughs) this. But it was interesting. Birth rates are declining, though. Yeah. Globally, not just here. So maybe there's hope for us. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, Joe is still sort of like, well,
0: they see ahead. They knew we needed to do this. But we obviously didn't agree to 90% sterilization here. Right. And she she's pretty mad that they sold them out and that he could have told her. But he's like, you were in a secret organization for a real long time. You know that how, that is how that works. She says it's different. They're just having an argument about this. But she ultimately is like, you don't understand. The Shen is going to wipe us out just like the ghoul would have, but just more slowly. He's like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So he's like, I got to talk to the president. And she's like, no, no, not about this. But I need you to go steal a GDO from him. I don't care how you do it, but we need it. And don't tell them because they'll kill you.
1: Yep. Later on, we're back where Sam works. She's doing some sciencing on the sun simulator. And she thinks that she's gotten it figured out pretty well that she can predict when a solar flare is going to happen. Conveniently, one will be happening in about five seconds, if she's correct. And in five seconds, it does happen. Turns out that Fraser is going to Chulak, but I don't understand why. Even given what happens later, it doesn't really make any sense. But here we are.
0: I mean, my guess would be that they she wanted to deliver the message to Teal'c in person to go back. Mm, yeah, I guess that I makes know. sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh no! But then, does she actually go? I don't know. I
1: don't think she did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, have no I don't idea. know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Joe comes in. He is not surprised to find Jack there and spitefully says that he knew that Jack had something to do with it. He was able to get the GDO that they needed, so that is grid. Did you say grid? I (laughs) did. I I was going to say great, and then I tried to say good, and it came out as grid. And then I was like, did that sound okay? I don't know. I'm (laughs) going to go with it. But then you pointed it out, so here we are. (laughs) Title? Good, Grid. yes. <laughs> Everything's grid. <laughs> Joe wants to know what they're going to do with the GDO, and they tell him a little bit more of their plan to send a message back to the past, but he's only going to hand the GDO over if Jack will promise him that Sam will have no part in it, and I hated this argument so yep. much because they're talking about her, and she's right there, yep. <laughs> They're just talking about what she can and can't do, even though she's right there and not asking her what she wants to do or anything at all. They're just talking about her like she's a thing that isn't a person. And I hated it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Joe yells at her that it is not negotiable. And I was just thinking to myself, if Jeff ever tried to talk to me or about me the way that he is currently doing, I would probably punch him in the face. But then what if Jeff kept your GDO away from you because you punched him? I would wrestle it from him because
0: I'm bigger than him. But he gave it to somebody else and told them they can't have it unless he says it's okay.
1: (laughs) I would hold it over Jeff's head where he couldn't reach it. That's what I would do. (laughs) Sam takes a more diplomatic approach. Long story short, they agree that Sam's not going to have anything to do with it. Which, ugh, gross. (laughs) Daniel points out to them, hey, the sun is beeping. (laughs) They go back over to the simulation, and they find out that in 57 minutes, there will be another flare. And so they're going to have to make sure that they are ready in 57 minutes.
0: Whoa.
1: So they do their plan. They do. Jack is outside with
0: Joe and Sam. And he tells Joe they have six minutes, so if he's gonna get away that's the time he has. Oh no, Sam's not there, sorry. <laughs> Joe, she's there in spirit, because Joe tells her to <laughs> wish him good luck. Yeah. So Joe leaves. Jack looks over at Dr. Fraser, who's also there. You know, this is also all very uh, not suspicious at all that members of SG-1 <laughs> are walking around not with each other just you know yeah he moves on from dr frazier and passes daniel who's walking in the opposite direction without acknowledging one another
1: yeah that makes it extra weird that they wouldn't be like yeah i know that like in a covert operation you don't generally want to acknowledge the other people (laughs) in your party but the fact that they know each other and are not acknowledging each other would actually make it extra suspicious here if anyone's like oh hey Look, I recognize that guy. I recognize that guy, too. Wait, why aren't they even acknowledging yeah. each other? so <laughs> weird. They know each other. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't they saying hi? What's going on? Yeah, they're
0: making their way to wherever they're going. Fraser's yeah, making it look like she's preparing to go to Chulak. Not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> Jack goes into what must be a VIP lounge and, you know, yeah. puts together some weapons.
1: Outside with Sam and Joe. Joe tells her, all right, time to go. But nope, Sam has decided to stand up for herself and stay. Thank you, Sam. Good job. He's trying to convince her that they need to go now. He thinks that it's best for both of them to get as far away from here as possible. But Sam is pretty convinced that they are going to need her help. And if they don't pull this whole thing off, then it's not going to matter where they are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Back inside. Mellon, as Jack calls him, (laughs) finds Jack. Mellon corrects him on his name and says it's Mollusk. (laughs) Jack's like, sorry, the war, you know, And gestures to his head. They have a little talk. Mollusk says he knows that Jack didn't approve of the Ashen and even after all they've done for them and he was surprised that Jack didn't show up for the celebration and blah, blah, blah. He wants to know what Jack is doing there. (laughs) Jack says that he's here to pick up his friend Teal brought him a hat I wanted to see what that hat would have been (laughs) but we don't get to see that we did get the Daniel hat watch earlier but we do not get a new hat for our Teal cat watch early at all so that is sad the incoming traveler alarm comes uh there's not really an alarm so much anymore I guess as a voiceover that says that incoming travelers from Chulak are arriving and to please stand clear Tilk and some other random Jaffa come through with their staff weapons. And there are some very unhappy security guards there telling him that he cannot have his weapon, but Tilk assures them it's only for ceremonial purposes. Security person does not care, so Tilk says, very well, and (laughs) fires on everybody. (laughs) And then Daniel pulls out his at gun and also fires on everybody.
0: Mollusk's like, what's going on? And then there's a, <laughs> an announcement overhead that's like, terrorist attack in progress. Please evacuate immediately. Which is just <laughs> weird. Yeah. Tilk, meanwhile, manages to get to the DHD and he's dialing and being shot at with, th- it wasn't even from people. There was like these little, like, they looked like security yeah. cameras on the wall, but they're clearly weapons and they're like firing right. tiny little, like... It's not like a full-on shot. I'm not really
1: sure. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. A weird, like, little, like a, ray, like a laser thing, but yeah, almost like a staff blast, but tiny. Yeah. And even though he got hit multiple times, he was not yeah, dead. Yeah, so I guess meant to deter people, but yeah. not kill them. But clearly deadly, because it does eventually kill him.
0: Yeah, until it eventually kills you, if you don't stop. Yeah. But it doesn't do it in a timely fashion because Teal'c manages to open the gate while Daniel and his Jaffa friend keep shooting at the little devices that are shooting at them. Yeah. (laughs) Once the gate opens, Jack puts in the GDO code. Sam also runs in. (laughs) She's like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah. Fuck you, Jack. Yeah. Take that. (laughs) Jack has a... Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. Too bad. Yeah. Jack... Has a rope. What I don't know what that gun is called where you shoot the rope and. This calls it a Piton gun. Piton gun. Okay. Well, Jack shoots a rope down and loops it over some beam above him and then slides on down. Yep. To the gate. He lands. Um, it takes him a moment to get himself going, but he does get up and tries to. Yeah. He has taken a whole bunch of shots yes, on his way Yes, he is down. getting shot a lot also. So these things shoot yeah. everybody. But he gets up, though, and stumbles towards the stairs and heads up them to get to the gate. He's got his note in his hand, but then he's dead right before he gets there. Daniel then tries to do the same, but he dies on the stairs as well.
1: So the, the difference in the death faces of both of these actors struck me a lot. Because Jack's death was dramatic and tragic and Daniel's death face was just oddly disturbing and bizarre. <laughs> it was a little disturbing. You're right. like his mouth was open and his eyes were open and he just had a weird expression on his face. Yeah. Daniel did. Whereas Jack Jack did I I thought a better and more convincing death scene. Yeah.
0: That but yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Daniel's dead Sam then runs down the stairs. Joe followed Sam in. He's trying to get, I don't know, somebody to stop the firing because he doesn't want Sam to
1: die. But unfortunately...
0: He's yelling to shut
1: down the system at nobody in particular. But that
0: doesn't do anything. Sam makes a run for it, is getting shot. She manages, though, to grab the note out of Jack's hand and falls and dies right in front of the event horizon. So she's
1: able to, like, push the note through. For a second here, as she was falling, I thought her hand was going to reach into the event horizon. And I was just thinking to myself how funny it would have been if all that came through on the other side was a note and a hand.
0: Yes, he's lost his left hand, so he's going
1: to be all right.
0: (laughs) That'd be pretty funny. It'd probably be disturbing to them.
1: I know it's really morbid, but I was just laughing to myself yeah. at the thought of just the hand and the note rolling oh, yeah. down the, the ramp together. Yeah. So everybody yeah. dies, but the note goes through. Yeah. yeah. Back in the SGC in present day slash 22 years ago, Walter, who officially has a name now, Walter, as we will continue to forever call him, says that they have an incoming traveler. Heman wants to know who it is, and oddly, it is SG-1, despite the fact that SG-1 conveniently already happens to be in the control room. (laughs) Frasier is also there, (laughs) for reasons. So they decide to open the iris to see what this is all about. They go down to the gate room. That note rolls down the ramp without a hand following it. Jack happens to be the one to go and pick it up and realizes it that it is his own writing. And it is a note that says, under no circumstances, go to P4C970. And it has his signature on it. Everyone takes a look at this note. They also notice that it is completely covered in blood. <laughs> Frazier's going to do some tests on it. She goes off with the note. Everyone's kind of standing around a little bit stupefied here. And Jack asks, isn't that on our mission list for the near future? And Hammond says it was, but for sure isn't now. Not taking any chances. We're going to scrub that from the system altogether.
0: That's right. Do what
1: Jack tells you. Yeah. Good job. Right? As always. Yeah. Sam says, you got to wonder why you sent it. And when. Jack agrees. You got to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and that
0: is the it's episode. the episode.
1: Kathy. Yes. Did you like the episode? Of course I liked
0: the episode. <laughs> it's got some time travel element plus alternate universe element. I love that stuff. Fair. I like the too-good-to-be-true alien scenario. And mm. it was an interesting, I feel like it was an interesting sort of concept. The destroying the human race without firing a shot. Like, completely yeah. taking them in. So, eh,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: It was interesting. Even to the fact that, like, when they were firing ceremonial shots, the Ashen were covering their ears in distaste. Like, they couldn't stand the gunfire. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that. Although it makes me wonder how they defeated the gold. They must have used right? violence for that. Because hmm. it probably didn't take them 200 years to wipe them all out.
1: Maybe they had some other kind of quiet weapon,
0: like a virus Maybe. or a disease or something. Yeah, we don't
1: get those answers, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought that was interesting. Like, usually when there's, like, secret plot, it tends to involve violent, the violent demise. What did you think <laughs> of the episode? Did you like it?
1: Not really. Shocking. <laughs> I know, right? Not surprisingly, I did not like Sam and Joe as a couple. Oh, I did. At all. So it annoyed me that she would marry a douchebag like this. She's like, he's such a good guy. But no, he's clearly not because he was talking to you about you like you weren't even yeah. there. And he's not a good guy. And I did not like that. Although he was at least able to, willing to help them out. So he did prove himself trustworthy despite the fact that he was an ass. So I did not like that. Fair. I did not like the fact that they made it a vaccine causing infertility. And yeah, I know like back in 2000, they would have no idea of like the issues we'd be having now with people viewing vaccines as possibly causing infertility. But still, just in hindsight, I hated that. I mean, there were still plenty of anti-vaxxers around then. So yeah, there, there already were. Anti-vaxxers. This was... Exactly. I think it was like around 1998 that Wakefield published yeah. his paper or something like that. That um, really kind of started the whole yeah. thing in 96, 98, something like that. So this was when it was like trying, kind of just starting to take off the anti-vax movement. And then again, Wakefield, for anyone that doesn't know, mm. Andrew Wakefield's paper was redacted and he lost his medical license. Yep. So yep. because he falsified his data in that report. Anyway, uh, I'm actually not. I, As I've said before, I kind of like time travel sometimes but it depends on how it's done and generally I don't like time travel stories that involve an alternate timeline like in the future and then having to like somehow send a message back in time to completely undo a timeline. I don't know why I don't like that, but I don't. So I didn't like this episode for that reason too because we have like 10 years that are going to be erased by them going back to change the timeline. So
0: yeah, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the situation for me. Like this was clearly a like the whole human race would benefit from their going to, yeah. you know, changing the timeline, but like right. in other scenarios where it's very much like a specific, like person or group of people that it benefits that I
1: don't like. I can't think of a specific right. example at the moment, but yeah, if it, but isn't that kind of the case here too, though, because it would be humans that are, yes, an entire race of people, but there are many races of people in this universe who would have had little or no impact from, what was happening on earth with the ishen so yeah but you're kind of going back in time for everyone in the universe not just the humans
0: it's true but yeah it, it would have the biggest impact on the humans i would think and the gold obviously who would probably yeah. be happy to not be taken out so quickly and and maybe the jaffa who might all be dying too because of the ishen right. i don't know it's just different
1: because it's a larger scale yeah Yeah. Now a whole bunch of people who were not impacted at all still have to go back and relive 10 years, I guess, even though it won't be any different for them. I don't know. It's weird. Too many questions that this kind of thing leaves in my head and it makes my head hurt. Okay. Fair. I disagree. (sighs) I think that's everything I wanted to complain about. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, it wasn't all bad. I mean, it was at least an interesting episode and it was pretty fast paced, but yeah, yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think I hated it as much as I did in the past. I wouldn't say I hated it. I just didn't really like it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's next? What's next? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> next, we are watching Stargate SG1 Season 4, Episode 17 Absolute Power. Ooh. Netflix says SG-1 is called to Abydos to investigate a strange phenomenon, a whirling sandstorm that seems to whisper Dr. Daniel Jackson's name. <laughs> Weird. Whispers. Whispers. The book... Where are we? The booklet says when a, in quotation marks, chosen boy found on planet Abydos is brought to the SGC... He sends a telepathic message causing Daniel Jackson's personality to undergo disturbing changes. Will the rest of SG-1 be able to solve the mystery of the boy's origin before Jackson becomes a power hungry warmonger?
1: Weird. (laughs) Is this chosen boy going to turn out to be the harsh
0: I don't know. I can't remember anything about this episode.
1: Mm. I don't either. Although a
0: whirling sandstorm just reminds me of The Mummy, which I watched yesterday.
1: I love that movie me too I should watch that movie again it's such a good movie yeah agreed As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out. Every Wednesday, likes and reviews are very much appreciated, as is word of mouth. To help other people find the show, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at stargazing at gmail.com. You can head over to our website, which is stargazing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can financially support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash stargatesing. Where our tiers start at just $2 a month. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate Sing The End. The End. What are you fidgeting with?
0: I'm sorry, I'm playing with the microphone wire. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't know that was going to get picked up. <laughs> microphone picks up everything that touches it, it and it's moves. just you know my hand wanted to be doing something and that was right there that's, that's why i've got like a million fidgets in my yeah. office i've got or in my uh, my box I have other stuff that's quieter that i could pick up that's within reach but this was right there <laughs> <laughs> earlier i was fair. playing with a uh, a soda bottle cap that i found that i apparently didn't throw away <laughs> Ooh, yeah exciting Good times
1: the best of toys oh, yeah Potato likes those as toys. The noisier it is, the better, especially if it's in the middle of the night and makes a loud noise as she slides it across the floor so that it wakes Aww. us
0: up.